Hello, space nerds, and welcome to Ship Talking Pod. I'm your host, Brandon, and this week, everyone's favorite Romulan is back in the co-host seat. Alex, what's trekking? I don't know. How are you doing? <laughs> I am doing well myself. I'm still recovering from all that epic news we got about Star Trek and everything coming up uh, over the last couple weeks and, you know, going to be coming up on all the different shows. And did you see that news that we're getting a movie in 2023? Oh, I saw all the news and it just hit me like a truck. <laughs> I, I didn't see it till I got out of one of my classes and it was like I just... I was being showered in Star Trek. It was beautiful. Yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait either. That's it's absolutely amazing like how much you know we're getting. And you know, I know we just got some of the teasers for the upcoming seasons. Although I think with Discovery we actually got some actual footage that they filmed. <laughs> They're already in new uniforms. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. But did you check out all of the individual things that were in the Picard teaser? Like the Reckoning Stone was on the table and there was a couple other artifacts. Like So many Easter eggs there. I've seen plenty of fan analyses on that already. Super excited for that. I love it. And, uh, you know, I saw the card there and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I bet that's something to do with poker. And then the cue, you know, just remained. And like, ah, yes. <laughs> I saw that cue. I was like, is that what I think it is? And it was. I know. So I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait either. And of course, we had no idea about the film. That wasn't announced during the first Contact Day announcements. That came just a couple days ago. And uh, I know at first they didn't release much details, but I know new details have emerged that it sounds like J.J. Abrams is going to be producing it. But I wonder, does that mean necessarily that it has to be set in, you know, the Kelvin timeline? I don't know. I, I would like to see more. I, I do enjoy the Kelvin timeline movies, but I would also like to see... Uh, you know, other settings, other timelines yeah. being explored. Uh, any any new Trek I'm excited to see. Yeah, me as well. Well, it sounds like, you know, over the next few years with all the shows coming out and, of course, that movie, there is going to be no shortage of Trek and, of course, no shortage of ship stuff to talk about here. So, oh, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, today we're joined with three of our past guests for a roundtable discussion on ship design. Those three are Sean Taranjo, who designed the Luna class or the USS Titan, Mark Raidmaker, who designed the Vesta class or the USS Aventine, and Adam Isle, who designed the Odyssey class or the USS Enterprise F. So this was actually Sean's idea. He came up with it and thought it'd be fun to get the three of them together to chat about the journeys their ships have taken. And it's actually the first time they're all chatting together at the same time. So we thought we just let them you know run wild and start ship talking put them in a room together chat about their fan design ships that have really stood the test of time the journey to becoming canon and you know who knows where the discussion's going to lead but when we get to that alex and i will kind of you know maybe be a fly on the wall listening in but you're really just going to hear from those three guys during that segment so i'm looking forward to seeing what they talk about yeah it sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun especially since it's that first time of them all being in a room together exactly and i'm really looking forward to it but before before we can get to their chat, of course, we've got to move into this week's Community Q segment. For this week's Community Q, we asked you to think back to watching Trek and let us know which part of living on a ship made the least amount of sense to you. So I've got my own opinions on this because, of course, we've seen a lot of Trek and, uh, <laughs> of course, we've seen a lot of interesting things happen on ships. But let's get to the community thoughts first. So, you know, we saw a few common themes and one of them was actually the discussion around families being on board some of these ships. Yeah, I definitely have understood that. I've seen discussions about the Enterprise D uh, 
described as a Disney cruise line <laughs> in space. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I can actually see that. And it's I can see why you would want your family with you in space, but I can also see why you wouldn't want your family with you in space. So... Yeah, that's that's a weird one. Yeah, and there were a couple other things that fell within that. They talked about classrooms and other things for yeah. the children. But, of course, we know it was a huge ship, way bigger than what we saw was needed for the actual crew numbers that were on board. So definitely lots of space. But, of course, you know, they were on exploration missions, and they did get into danger. So risking those families and having them be on board, of course, you know, it did make me wonder there a bit. Right. Also, holodecks were frequently submitted. Now, for a couple different reasons. One, that they seemed to be available all the time and two that there were only a couple on board for such large crews and if the ships were so big especially with the galaxy class why not put a few more so everyone had a bit of holodeck time yeah that's that's a good point i feel like deep space nine kind of uh, addressed that in a more realistic way true true where you had to uh, you had to check out holodeck time yes yeah or and you, or you had to check out hollow programs too. Yeah, well, also, why not in their quarters just have a little section of the uh, walls that were, you know, lined in the holodeck technology? Uh, obviously, <laughs> we know that that got advanced in the future, of course, with the doctor being able to walk around everywhere. But I, I, I do wonder why they, you know, ultimately had to go to their own space for it. But then, of course, you know, with what the community said, that uh, that all does kind of make you wonder a bit. Yeah. And they also sent in responses for turbo lifts. Uh, specifically around, you know, why needing turbolifts when you've got transporters? You can just transport from site to site. Um, and also, you know, we always saw, you know, if crew were injured, then being taken to the turbolifts and taking them to sick bay. If they were really that injured and they needed critical care, why not just transport site to site, right? It makes me think, I, I don't remember when this was mentioned in the series, but there was a mention of how site-to-site transports required calculating the warp speed of the ship and it had mm. to because you don't want to transport someone off the ship <laughs> <laughs> and so I guess in some ways it's safer to use a turbo lift but in emergencies I think they totally should be using site-to-site transport even if it takes that additional calculation the computer should be able to do that for you in this glorious future <laughs> I agree well I guess you know that's why this came up in this question yeah. so uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, definitely interesting responses. Thanks to everyone who sent them in. So for next week's Community Q, we want to know what one ship do you feel didn't get enough screen time? I am looking forward to see what everyone submits for this one. I think there are some ships out there that, gosh, I would really have loved to see get screen time. But of course, we want to hear what your thoughts are. So do send them in. You can send us your answers via email, via our submission form on our website, or via Twitter. Well, I am excited to get down and listen into the three lads talking about their ships. Yeah. So Alex, why don't we get a site to site transport and go eavesdrop on their conversation? All right. Sounds good. Let's go. We're just here to chat about our three ships that have, uh, I like to call them the fan designs that have made it into the lexicon of the Starfleet fleet. So uh, from pocketbooks to Star Trek Online. Comic books. Comic books. And finally now, for mine anyway, my ship's on Lower Decks. So it took... You lucky. (laughs) (laughs) It took 15 years, but my Ah. road to canon 
has finally happened with the season finale of uh, Lower Decks last season. So, and I've been told that the Titan will be making a lot of appearances in season two. I don't, of course, they don't tell me anything over there. Um, I'm still outside, (laughs) (laughs) but I can, I I have like a toe in where every once in a while someone will uh, give me an update. So, uh, I guess we're here to talk about our journey. I guess mine was the first one to jump through the hoop. Yeah, I mean, with uh, the 2005 contest. Then I know Mark's what was came it in. 2005. Yeah, that's when the contest yeah. happened. Oh my god, a long yeah. time. When you think about it, it's like as you get older, the time flies by because people yeah. are like, you really, you realize it's been almost, it's been a decade since yours won. I was like, oh, it has. Yeah. <laughs> And the funny thing was with mine, I just did it on a whim. Someone came up to me, did you see this uh, contest? And I was like, yeah, I don't, yeah, I don't do those kind of things. He goes, you should be. You, I've seen your sketchbook. Why don't you sketch something up? And I'm like, all right, well, I'll put something together. And I built it in with uh, an illustrator and sent it in and didn't even think about it. And it came all of a sudden in that September when they, the announcement came from uh, Marco Palmieri. You should see me jumping around the house screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> My wife's like, calm down. What the heck? I just like, I'm in Star Trek now. <laughs> Dude, I forgot that I entered the contest. Yeah, same here. I entered so, the contest and completely forgot. Yeah. I did a couple. I mean, it's not like I sat there for hours upon hours and days upon days doing stuff. I sketched up for a week and I sent it in and that was it. Yeah. And I forgot when I got the email, I thought it was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> and that, the funny thing is I also did that contest and I, I didn't put as much time into it like I did with the Titan. And I, I, I'm happy I, I made it into some of the honorable mentions. But uh, coming down to it, your your ship, uh, dude, I never even made it in the top one hundred fan faves. Huh? Yeah, it just all of a sudden yours came I, through. My, I, was... I oh, dude, when mine never made it that far. When I saw it on the wall yeah. of what they were doing, yeah. when they showed yeah. the stuff that they were choosing stuff, I was like, hey, that's mine on the wall. And then it was like, I'm seeing all the photos, and dude, it was. I don't know how you your reactions, because I know Mark when when you the Vesta, I don't think anybody ever jumped all over you yelling that it was a horrible design and stuff and sent yeah, you yeah, nasty. Yeah, the, there was one guy, yeah. Okay, I got hate mail. I got yeah. hate mail bad. <laughs> you should see, okay, when I won, the first person, one of the first people non-ship designer that uh, emailed me was actually Will Wheaton. Really? Mm. He was walking the trek, enjoy the ride, because you're going to get a lot of hate. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I'm not no friends with him or anything like that, but that was the one of the, the congratulatory emails I got. And the people who voted my design that were on the design the committee were Okuda, Drexler. Mm. Nice. Probert. Mm-hmm. All, the, all the big guys. Uh, Rick. I, I believe Rick Sternbach was even on it. And they were saying that just for my design it ticked off all the classic uh starship looks and that's one of the things i wanted to do because mine it was because there were so many rules and constraints i don't know if that was with you with the vesta yeah and um the enterprise f i know they were they had to fit a certain way but yeah. with the titan it had to fit between voyager and the enterprise d and it had to have a lot of parts so uh, the hate mail i get is like oh you kit bash the akira no i love the catamarans on the akira so i incorporated yeah. the akira and I, there was a whole reason why i did there's so many cutouts people get on me for my runway my cut out the bridge being down and all that stuff i always thought the worst things i hated about starship design is all these places that are exposed can be easily hit so i made it like if you're going to hit the bridge you're gonna, on the titan you're gonna have to go straight at it 
or straight above. You can't go at an angle because it's not protected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really funny that you designed a ship with a with a very very hidden areas, and I designed a ship that made that people lost their minds because it was very vulnerable. Yeah. Well, yours has which. I, I like now because John's actually put uh, if you look at some a lot of the designs that are going into Picard and um, some of the designs that are in Discovery that dual neck stuff like that that was I, I haven't noticed when it can't I mean the double well Discovery now right now everything is floating and I don't understand yeah. that I will never understand that <laughs> I don't no, understand yeah. the Bluetooth nacelles yeah but that's a, that's something that we're not I don't think we're supposed to really understand because no. it's that far in the future yeah that's right but. But form without function is just form. Yeah, well, it's, I agree. Let's, we got to let Mark jump in here. No, because, no, 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 no. Because honestly, when I said it earlier, before we started all this, when it, you put all three of the designs that come down, the Vesta, in my opinion, this is my humble opinion, I think the Vesta is the best looking of the three, just because of its sheer sleekness. I like things yeah, that look okay. like they're yeah. moving when they're yeah. not moving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I like sharks, and it's basically that. It's a sort of space shark. It's a yeah. tiburon. Yes. Yeah. Well, and the only thing that which has grown on me, the only thing that I didn't like about the Vesta at first was the uh, nice cell pylons. Yeah, same uh, here. Um, but the rest, I love your saucer, uh, your saucer, and your main body design. Yeah, and it it, it was so different. It has a post voyager look without being voyager yeah if that makes sense it's a good ship yeah yeah voyager was one of the inspirations um and the other one was the prometheus ah. um not entirely and um yeah i basically did the colors the 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 the, the, the there was a bit of a strange pattern um in in the the the, the different layers of armor and um I thought it was only for one calendar, so I had to look good for one month. <laughs> <laughs> so was that what? What caused the? Because I know the Vesta wasn't a contest mm -hmm. um, piece. Did how did that go through the, the whole design? Did they, Pocketbooks contact you or CBS or how did that? Uh, no, it was the same. Uh, Marco Palmieri. Oh, okay. The same guy. Yeah, um, because I did the Spirit. Uh, a smaller quantum slipstream uh, ship okay and i think he saw that and i think he then contacted me uh, to do the uh, the festa you know it was called the eventine of course but the class um, was festa yeah so because at that about that time uh, believe it or not mark also marco also had me doing up concepts I know. for the Vesta. <laughs> I know. And that's my, my Vesta is ugly. <laughs> this was for the ships of the Lion calendar? Uh, yeah, and for the books. There was one book coming out, and I think they just wanted to have a uh, an idea of how that ship was looking. Because that was Dax's ship, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of cool that they brought a good way to bring in um, out of the DS9 characters, Dax was always the most intriguing, How the fact that you can you have that symbiote going from person to person so you can have a totally different yeah. person and i'm glad that they uh put her with that ship yeah it's kind of cool yeah what i do think is funny the three of us since i mean because it's been i don't know the aventine was over a decade ago right yeah 2010 29 I think. okay 2009 uh, uh sean the titan's been going since 05 since 05 yeah and the enterprise f has been since 2010 2011 
So, okay, we're looking at over a decade now. In that decade, I know, because I, I have stepped away from a lot of the Star Trek stuff, but I know, Sean, I've worked with you on Star Trek yep. stuff. Mark, I know I've designed stuff for yep, you. Yeah, yeah. I'm still waiting for it because yeah, people still to this day, they're like, dude, you designed Star Trek Slave One. And I was like, when Mark gets to it, Mark will get to it. He's got other stuff yeah. on his plate. Well, yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is, for me, in that 15 years and stuff like that, yeah, I've done two official things. Or it's not official. One official, one uh, officially attacked. But I agree why they uh, CBS went after them. Um, but other stuff has all been fans. Uh-huh. The, the majority of my stuff is uh, a ton of commissions. Uh, mm-hmm. I've probably done, in the last 15 years, probably about 600 yeah. uh, ship designs. Dear Lord, man. And the variations and... Uh, stuff like that and then the characters people coming to me saying can you do me as a, in their uniform yeah 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 and so i've done yeah. a ton of that and that's fun but now i've been pulling myself away because uh believe it or not i'm actually doing i'm a brand illustrator now which congratulations i saw your brand work oh, cool. here in florida for the first time a couple of weeks ago Ooh. and i was like hey i know the guy that made those <laughs> <laughs> nice well, Mark, I gotta say, right now, when it comes to 3D, when you posted the stuff of the IXS, mm. oh, that stuff is amazing! And I saw those literally jaw dropping. It was like, my God, these are photographs, man. This, that, yeah. that, that, the videos and stuff I've seen of that thing are insane. Yeah. And I gotta ask, what do you use? What programs? Um, I use 3ds Max. Oh, okay. Um, and um, I. Currently use V-Ray uh, as the renderer, so okay. the, the render engine is V-Ray, um, and I do all my modeling in a plugin called PowerNurbs, and PowerNurbs is uh, basically... So your uh, stuff is mostly NURB related? Yeah, all, everything, yeah. Since, really? Okay, because I do box model. So yeah, mine's and box model. I hate polygons. I, ah. It, it's, I, I don't know, I, I just like the... Well, like, the, like I said, the, you're, you've got the... You've got the experience behind and for me i'm finding something if i can no, do it, no, quick. No, it, it, it exactly if you want to to have a speedy process you really want to stick to polygons and not go to like your nerve work is great oh yeah, it's insane it's, it it's, makes it so uh, totally smooth i love like i said your renders are yeah fantastic. It's, it's um that's difficult it's it's i, I wish it a, you have it as a passion of uh really a, a, a passion of love yeah and that's one thing I like about your uh, what you've been doing with the Vesta and the ISX is I yeah. love your exploded views. Yeah, yeah especially the, when you did that shuttle, uh, yeah. the gallery, <laughs> yeah. latest video with the oh, little exploded that, view. That little that, that's just a sphere, uh, like 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 this. It's a super simple form, uh, but it took me almost a year to wow. create it. That's been really ridiculous. But the thing is, when you're doing, it, you're even trying to do like how a NASA engineer goes in. What's underneath each part? You're actually yeah, trying to, yeah, yeah, you actually make it as if it was a real, yeah. I want to see if NASA was to try to build it, <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, and I, I try to give it a sense of engineering, yeah, uh, even if it's totally not engineered. But, um, if there is a thruster, you have space uh, uh, behind it that uh, fills with, with, with the thruster, so you can yeah. use it for anything else, you can 
place your window there. Uh, that sort of stuff. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> so, Isn't that how you should design? I mean, if you're, I mean, I hope so. I, yeah. I laugh because you got you, you guys design and are really good at doing the hard surface. I'm I'm a, I come from special effects makeup. Yeah, that's all soft. I do creatures yeah, yeah, and monsters yeah. and stuff. And it was really funny that after the Enterprise F thing, everybody's coming to me. Hey, can you design this ship? Can you can I commission you for this? Can I do that? And I was like, guys, I draw creatures and monsters. Yeah. I make spaceship. these things. Yeah, not spaceships. <laughs> I don't like doing hard surfaces. I never no. did. And yeah. like if I draw a comic book page, I don't like doing backgrounds because I don't like drawing buildings. <laughs> do you guys own any of your the Starship collections of your own ships? Yeah. I know Sean, you do. I know Sean, you have all of them. Oh yeah. I even have the uh the fan kit uh the resin models. I have both the resin models that are uh, yeah. built on and they're sitting on my desk. I've got a question thing. Did they send them to you or did you have to yes. ask or buy they them? They actually sent them to me and I actually have an Ares that I haven't built. You know, the closest thing to an official anything Star Trek I've gotten is that when if I get to a Star Trek convention, I have to go get a drink with John Eves. That's it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, you can at least could talk with Johnny because uh, I've seen him in conventions uh, up here in Denver. And I've actually sat on a Denver Comic Con panel with Rick. Nice. And I've got to pick his brain on the Voyager big time. <laughs> Especially about and He thinks it's funny that I the my favorite part of the Voyager is the landing gear. Mm. Because of uh, they added that, what, season three or whatever, that first time they landed. Mm-hmm. And then originally the ship wasn't supposed to have any landing gear. And they asked, how are we going to do this? And he told me how he redesigned that area by the deflector dish. Yeah, yeah. And he is so knowledgeable. Actually, well, my favorite designs of his has actually become one of my favorite ships. Believe it or not, is the Equinox. Mm-hmm. Because that was supposed to be a Defiant. Oh, yeah. If you, uh, if you look at the design lineage, the Defiant was supposed to look like the Equinox. Hmm. Okay, you guys both watch the Star Trek shows now, right? Yes, enough. not really. You haven't seen you haven't seen the newest no, discoveries. No, I haven't seen uh, Lower Decks yet. Um, oh. And uh, uh, the last season of Discovery and Picard, I still have to watch. Oh, okay. I'm a bit behind uh, uh, ah. because of my work. I'm just I'm just <laughs> curious. We'll have to do this again after you catch up on everything because I want to pick your brains on on the designs from those. Yeah. Because people be nice. have asked me, what do you think of these? And what do you think of that? And I was Same just like, here. Oh, I, I, I've, I've seen plenty of designs, but mm, it's difficult. And <laughs> I'm trying to wrap my head, as you are, Adam, with the detachment cells. That's... Yeah. Actually, I, I was already working on, on something detached. And as long as you can explain it. And yeah, that explanation is always a bit of a problem. But And their explanation in the series mm, is yeah. a little bit circumspect vague it's vague yeah let's let's just say i i I would like them to uh define that more Mm -hmm. it's very star trek to define the the tech maybe that's going to come in this new season who knows yeah um i will say though i like the refit version of discovery versus the original version yes yeah it looks much better the original version just didn't didn't catch my didn't grab me, but when they re, re did, did did that updating in the series, I'm like, okay, those may, they look better. Yep. And it made and it, it, to be perfectly honest, they should have done that for the first season. They should have shot them to the 34th century yeah. right from the get go and just got it over yeah. with. And that's where yeah. a lot. And I had fun with the first season because I, as Adam knows, I am a mirror universe geek. Yeah, ninety yeah. percent of my stuff is mirror, <laughs> mirror universe stuff, um, but. I I too believe that they should have shot it past TOS that that way, but 
I'm actually very interested to see what they're doing with Austin Mount and with the Strange New Worlds. Mm, yeah. yes. I want to, because they said it's going to be your father's uh, Star Trek. So they're going to, yes, it'll be updated, but with the three people they put in those roles yeah. for season, in season two of Discovery, I can ha- see them in those parts. Uh, Austin did a great version of Pike. Um, Rebecca Romaine did a great number one. And Ethan really did a really good job as Spock. Um, I didn't want to like him as Spock because I'm a big Nimoy fan but the way they approached him the show I'm flawed I I really enjoyed they made it they made him his they gave him a character he can make his own yes exactly well speaking of series now because I mean this is this has been Sean you got to get you got your canon you're seeing on the series we know what's coming back for the next one and Mark and I still sitting here waiting to see it up on the big screen Almost. We almost. have the chance. We have a chance to see that we still have a show that it could yeah. that both of those designs can go on. Where do you guys see? Where would you like to see your designs go from here? I would like to see if, if more. Of course, uh, the more of it in lower decks, like it's going to be. But I would actually like to see it happen. Um, get to see it or another Luna. If it's not the Titan, I would like to see it actually um, show up on Picard. Really. Because that way it'd be more cinematic looking. Yeah, that's true. Mm, yeah. Mark, the Aventine Vesta, do you want to see it on the big screen? Um, or just a small screen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Would, would be nice. Our our our, our only chance would be Picard. <laughs> yeah, on lower decks, maybe. But I'm, oh, I'm yeah. not sure. Because, yeah, Vesta was uh, around at the same time as Titan was designed. Yes, and it would definitely be easier to do, uh, I think. And it's in the budget. <laughs> so I'm the only one stuck with Picard. Great. Well, because that started out as Destiny, the the novel series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so that was really close to becoming real, but um, sadly they drifted off in another direction. So yeah, too bad. So my my I mean we are I've known they they have semi canonized the Odyssey in comic books leading up to Picard. Hmm. It would be nice. Yeah, that if yeah. they it just have it fly by in the background, yeah, just so I can sit there and rub it in everyone's face and say it'll never be canon. Exactly. Well, that's the whole thing with me with uh with the Luna. I didn't see the episode. All of a sudden, uh, twelve fifteen a.m. All of a sudden, I was getting inundated with emails. Have you seen Lower Decks? Have you seen Lower Decks? Like, <laughs> no. So these a lot of a lot of the fans out there ruined it for me because they already saw it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, the guys over at Trek Yards, they go, have you seen it? I was like, seen what? He goes, okay, I'm going to leave it at that. Call me back in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, that was fun. Yeah. So perhaps do it again. Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. I've been, Like I said, I've been wanting to get you, all three of us together forever, and I would love to see us. Uh, yeah, well. You never know when they get the uh, Star Trek convention back up. Maybe they'll look our way. <laughs> that would be knows, a fan design <laughs> panel. That would be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool to have us with a uh, maybe T Cat or some of the guys over from uh, STO. Yeah, it would be. I'm always open to uh, tra- uh, talk Trek geek. <laughs> so it's that's one thing my wife has always says. Like you need to broaden your mind. It's like I'm a sci-fi geek, and you start me on Trek, I can talk for is, hours. Is, is that why you <laughs> sit in the basements? Yes, she's upstairs. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> well, catch you later then. Hasta luego, guys. I'll catch you on the flip. Catch you guys later. Bye bye.
For this week's All Hands on Deck Drill, we handed the community an intelligence dossier in regards to a recovery mission. It read, The Dominion War has concluded, and the Alpha Quadrant is in an era of peace. Declassification of Section 31 files has revealed that the ostensibly destroyed USS Discovery was actually transported to the 32nd century, sparking a familiar public interest in recovery of the ship and her crew. Project Pathfinder has been re-established, and Starfleet has developed an experimental method of sending three ships to recover the missing Discovery. With cooperation from the Romulans and Klingons assured, including their and Starfleet ships, which three ships do you send? And we gave bonus points for including why. So first off, I want to congratulate the community that actually read the entire dossier and then participated <laughs> because it was epically long. But I actually thought it was a brilliant one. And it was actually written by our audio engineer, George. So fair play, George, for coming up with a fun one here. Now, of course, this is an interesting one because we have to think about the temporal accords and there's a lot of factors that go into it. But nonetheless, we asked everyone not to overthink it too much, just have fun with it. And we got a lot of combos and it was really great to see so many submissions include ships from all three factions. So Alex, since you're a big fan of Romulans, let's start off with the Romulan ships first. And the two most submitted ones for this mission were the Dideridex and the Valdor. Oh, that's great. I know that the Dideridex is pretty much the first ship that people think of yes. when they think of Romulans, yeah. but it's I think it would be a good ship for this. Absolutely. It's built for this kind of mission. Same with the Valdor. Yeah, I would of course love to see more of that ship. We got to see the beauty up on screen, but uh, definitely more time we can give to that ship would be great right. now for Klingon ships we had some also fan favorites from that one we had the bird of prey and the negvar nice the, the bird of prey doesn't surprise me any more than the Dideridex did but it's it's not a bad choice at all yeah of course it got cloaking technology right just like the Dideridex or the Romulan ships but it can kind of be that bomber in and out if it you know they run into trouble and can do some reconnaissance be speedy <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, and the Negvar, of course, got that massive firepower. So definitely would make sense to to send that along. Yeah. In terms of fed ships, I was happy to see the number one submitted was the Vesta. Vesta's the Besta. Vesta is the Besta, <laughs> considering Mark Raidmaker was on this episode, right? So he, he'd right. be proud of that. Uh quantum slipstream technology lots of abilities so lots of science yeah absolutely it would definitely help out (laughs) in that mission and the other ship that was submitted was the sovereign which we know we get quite often for this one but it makes sense there's a reason why it's submitted so often for you know its tactical capabilities and it's also it's just a beautiful ship right it really is and it's a powerful ship i'm glad to see that it's recommended so frequently and also many might not know but it also can saucer separate so there's like a force ship that can be put into the mix you know if it it needs a little bit more uh, or you know it needs to take some of its crew to safety um like we just talked about earlier with the galaxy class well i don't know if many families be transported on this one but you know we do know that families were also well were families on the sovereign that's a good question Really interesting to see all of these submissions and so many different combos. And great job to everyone for using that mix of allies beyond just fed ships. So great job there. Of course, we post the all hands on deck drill each week on Twitter. They rotate in the theme and they come back.
back every six episodes. So if you've got a favorite, keep an eye out on Twitter for that, and we'd love to see you participate. Well, Brandon, this episode was a lot of fun, but before we warp out, we should plug our socials. We should. Shall you start us off, Alex? Absolutely. Don't forget, our hailing frequencies are always open. Head to shiptalkingpod.com to transmit a message via the submission form. And while you're there, check out our merch. We've seen some people share pictures of things that they've gotten from our store, and we'd love to see any new photos that you may take with things that you decide to grab from our store. Yeah, and we will make sure to share them out if you send them in, so do. It's a great way to support the show. And another way you can support us is to become a patron on our Patreon page. We've just updated and revamped all of our tiers. As we've mentioned, we've seen more of you join, and that is absolutely great. You know, for the price of a coffee once a month, you know, less than a price of a coffee once a month, you can gain access to all of our expanded content. There is 22 episodes worth of additional content and more. So do check it out at patreon.com slash ship talking pod. It goes right back into all of our production costs and it really means a lot. So thanks in advance. You can also get in contact with us with our email address, hello at shiptalkingpod.com. It's a great way to share your feedback and your answers to our community cues. We try to reply to every email that we get. That's right. And if you don't want to email us, you can get us in the Twitterverse at ShipTalkingPod. It's a great way to talk with us daily. And also you'll get ship facts posted regularly as well as opportunities to engage with the community. It's a lot of fun. So do check it out if you're on Twitter. And the best way to support us is to tell your friends who love Star Trek ships about the show. They can find us by searching Ship Talking Pod wherever they get their podcasts, or just send them to our website for a direct link. And a big thank you, of course, to our community manager, James, who runs our Twitter, and George, our audio engineer. We could not do the show without them. So thanks, lads, for all of your great work. Also, big thanks to our listeners, our community, and all our supporters on Patreon. We really appreciate you. We do this all for you, and it is absolutely a lot of fun. So thanks so much for joining us on our journey. Until the next episode, stay safe out there, keep trekking, and we'll see you then. All right, live long and prosper. Cheers. So, you should never ask a duck for recommendations as to, you know, where you might want to go for a stiff drink on Deep Space Nine. They'll never give you a variation. All they'll say is quacks. Do you get it? Like quacks bar? Now, live long and prosper, you filthy animals!